and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. What a week it's been. How are you enjoying having your kids back at school? Wow. So exciting. I hope it's been a great week. I hope you're really enjoying having some time and some space to think. And I hope it means you can enjoy this episode with a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and a little bit of time to relax, some well-deserved time to relax. This week, I wanted to chat to you about a concept that I heard about on Brene Brown's podcast. She was interviewing Dr. Susan David, uh, the author of Emotional Agility, and that's the concept they were talking about, Emotional Agility. That's also the title of Dr. David's book, which I now have on order, but I wanted to record a podcast even though I haven't read the book, because... Just hearing her talk about it on the podcast was inspiring enough to kind of mix it all in with some of my own research and some of my own reading and experiences and some of the experiences my clients have had to make it worthwhile talking about what I already understand about this concept. And then I can record an episode at some other point in the future when I've learned even more from Dr. David and her amazing, amazing work. That's the thing with emotions. You never really stop learning. You never know everything there is to know. For me, that was a lesson in itself anyway. But for this week, let's look at emotional agility. The podcast episode that I just mentioned to you was so inspiring and so interesting and really funny as well, because the two of them were kind of geeking out, as they called it, over their research and the things that they have come to understand and experience in the world of psychology and emotion and the specific feelings that they are interested in exploring. Very often the emotions that we would consider to be negative or if we're using more productive language, we'd call them uncomfortable emotions, shame, vulnerability, anger, sadness, basically the kinds of emotions that can cut us off at the knees or can cause us to do or say things that ultimately don't serve us particularly well, lead us down roads we don't really want to go down, and lead us to create relationships and lives that aren't particularly fulfilling. As I was listening, one of the things that was really interesting for me was their view on positivity, what they refer to as toxic positivity. They were really funny, actually. They were like, I call bullshit on toxic positivity. What they were basically saying was that happy face sticker over something difficult, where you have something really bad happen or something that affects you deeply for whatever reason. And then people say things like, well, at least you've got this. Like as an example, if I was to talk to somebody else about my experience of parenting and how challenging I sometimes find it, for them then to say, well, at least you've got kids. Or maybe you should kind of be grateful for your kids and the time you get to spend with them because they grow up so fast and before you know it, it'll all be over. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a massive advocate for the power of gratitude. And if you listened to the five-day happiness challenge, episode one was all about fattening the good and really allowing yourself to let in the positive. But there's a difference between putting a plaster over the negative with a positive, with some kind of hammy, yeah, well, it's okay. At least you have this. What about that? That's not the same thing. When you are experiencing really challenging, really uncomfortable, difficult experiences and the emotions that go with those, that kind of false positivity is rarely any use. In fact, it can often make you feel worse. And I've had that experience too. Maybe you have, where 
you feel a particular way, but then you start telling yourself that you shouldn't feel it. I, I'm making a big deal out of this. I'm being silly. I'm turning this into something that it isn't. The only person who's upset about it is me. I should this. I shouldn't that. And then before you know it, you've got the emotion that's difficult enough in itself and the judgment of yourself within the emotion, which just adds another layer of pain and suffering to the whole thing. So what this idea of emotional agility suggests is not to say, don't be grateful, because of course, there's masses of usefulness in your ability to recognize and let in the things you're grateful for, to notice as you look around your life, all the amazing things that you might not always pay attention to. However, when you're in the throes of something uncomfortable, there's a reason you're experiencing that. And so emotional agility is about respecting that, understanding that the emotion is there for a reason, it has something to tell you, it has something to show you, and it's worth paying attention to it. And so this idea really ties in with another episode that was in the five-day challenge. It was comfort with discomfort. I've put the links with this episode so they're easy to get to, and you can find them on the show notes page at bighappylife.co.uk. But the idea is, when you are experiencing an uncomfortable emotion and you can respect it and learn from it, the likelihood is you will experience a variety of benefits. Number one, you will learn something about yourself. Number two, you'll be able to travel through that emotion with greater ease and arrive at the other side of it with greater clarity. And you'll also be able to kind of flex your emotional muscles. I can't remember where I heard it or where I read it, but somebody said, the opposite of depression isn't happiness, it's expression. And I was kind of blown away by that. It took me a while to process it. I've kind of molded over. But if you think about it, it makes sense that when you are in that depressed state, you hardly communicate. And quite often, for many of us, the paths that led us to the point where depression became something big enough to wear that label has been one where we have not expressed the things that attached to those difficult and uncomfortable feelings. Those situations where we have felt vulnerable, scared, worried, set aside, overlooked, disrespected, and where we haven't been able to express those things. When they compound over days or weeks or months, they become something we then call depression. So this idea of emotional agility is about saying in each one of these situations... There are opportunities for us to exercise our emotional muscles, to learn how to communicate with ourselves, to learn how to communicate with others, and thereby develop emotional agility rather than emotional stuckness that becomes depression or anxiety or something else that leaves you in a place where you feel like you have no choices and you feel like you have no skills or no opportunities to get you out of it. Where you have agility, you can move, you have options. And that's the key here. So two of the really cool techniques that I loved that they spoke about on the podcast was number one, naming the feeling. Of course, this may sound really obvious, but actually, after listening to 90 Seconds to a Life You Love by Dr. Joan Rosenberg, one of the things she talked about was how we misuse words for certain emotions. So she says there's kind of words that we overuse because we don't really understand what it is exactly that we're experiencing. So we might say, I'm anxious, 
But what we're really experiencing is fear of failure or vulnerability or rejection. So by using the word anxious, we can actually miss the point of what it is that our body is telling us or our mind is telling us. So one of the things Dr. Rosenberg asks her clients to do is not to use anxiety or depression or other kind of vague words associated with those. And she asks them to go to another level of emotion to try and find what is it specifically that you are feeling? What label would you give it? And she gets people to start from a list of eight difficult emotions. Those are anger, disappointment, embarrassment, shame, vulnerability, frustration, helplessness, and sadness. And there are other words, of course, that you could use, but those are a good starting point. So if you're labeling what you're experiencing as, I feel anxious, ask yourself whether anxious is in fact the best word, or whether there's another word that will allow you to access a bit more about what the feeling is actually trying to show you. Now, in the Brene Brown podcast with Susan David, one of the things Dr. David spoke about, and one of the skills that's part of emotional agility, is something called signposting. So she suggests that your emotions are signposting you to something. And again, I've recorded episodes about this in the past, but basically saying, if you treat your emotions as signposts to something, and you pay attention to them in that way, you can figure out what they're signposting you to. But that labeling really helps with that. So if you're calling it anxiety, the signpost is a bit wonky. It's not pointing you towards anything particularly useful or specific. Whereas if you were saying, actually, the thing I'm feeling is frustration. Well, what are you frustrated with? What are you frustrated about? What do you want instead? How might you express that frustration in a productive way to the people who are also involved in this situation? Do you feel able to express it? And if not, what's behind that? What is that signposting you to? Just those two concepts alone, the concept of naming your feeling accurately and then allowing it to become a signpost are such powerful skills to learn in your efforts to have an emotionally balanced happy life. Because those two skills increase your ability to manage the uncomfortable emotions for a start. And when you know you have what it takes to get through difficult emotions and difficult situations in a way that's productive and usually leads to something good, those situations are less scary. And when those situations are less scary, loads of other things open up for you as well. In my life, I have to say these kinds of things have been the absolute bedrock of progress, particularly in my life as a parent, because when I was scared of those difficult emotions or scared of my kids' difficult emotions, I was constantly living in fear of another one kind of rising up and ruining the mood. But even with just these two skills, the situations that used to overwhelm me no longer do, because they become interesting. They can be approached with curiosity. They can become opportunities to learn, opportunities to have much more useful conversations with other members of my family and for us to learn about each other and how to navigate the next time these sorts of things happen. So as I mentioned, I haven't yet read the book Emotional Agility by Dr. Susan David, but once I do, expect more episodes on this topic because if that podcast that I listened to was anything to go by, she is 
astoundingly inspiring, highly insightful, and has so much great information to offer us. So I'm really, really looking forward to reading her book. I'd love to say I was completely unimpacted by the fact that she's a fellow South African, but I'm pretty sure that made me love her just a tiny bit more. As always, if you found this episode useful and you would like to comment, I would love to hear from you. You can email natalie at bighappylife.co.uk and you can also leave a comment on the show notes page, bighappylife.com. For now though, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.